This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Avishkar Sabharwal. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. A Google search will tell you that you can burn a slice of pizza with 290 calories with a 90-minute walk. But is this true? Does this concept of calorie in, calorie out hold true? I have with me Dr. Rama Nashta, who is a board certified physician in family medicine, and she is also a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity Medicine. She is currently practicing in Central Florida and is passionate about helping patients with chronic diseases like hypertension, diabetes, and obesity through lifestyle changes. Hi, Raman. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Avishkar. Nice to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. This is a, a topic that, you know, it's on a lot of people's minds and it's, it's a confusing thing for a lot of people because they go to a gym and they see that number on the treadmill, the number of calories that they're burning. But is that true? So where does this concept of the calories come from? Yeah, so calories in, calories out has been kind of the age-old advice for weight loss. You know, anyone, you could ask anyone and they would say, to lose weight, you've got to eat less and you got to move more, Right. Uh, which kind of translates into you've got to take in less calories and burn out more calories. The calorie was first defined by Nicholas Clements in 1800s. It is just a measure of energy. So one calorie is amount of heat which is needed to raise temperature of one gram of water through one degree Celsius. Somehow we decided to use that to denote what type of energy we're going to get from certain types of foods. So every food is made of different macronutrients, fat, carbohydrate, and protein. One gram of fat gives us nine calories, one gram of protein, and one gram of carbohydrates each give us four calories. Alcohol gives us seven calories per gram. It's not a macronutrient, but it's used widely enough. I thought I'd include that. Uh, yeah. Of course. So, um, so that's how, you know, we calculate calories in a specific meal. And, and, and we say that if you eat this meal, you're going to get this much calories. And if we simplify it, um, then if you burn that many calories as, as much as you're eating, then you're going to maintain your body weight. Right. So actually, uh, there's the other argument that you always get. Energy can never be created or destroyed. It just can be transformed from one form to the other. And that's where actually the concept of this calorie in, calorie out comes from. Yeah. So to simplify that law of thermodynamics into calories, if you're eating 2000 calories and you're burning 2000 calories, you should maintain your weight. If you're eating 2000 calories and you're burning 1500 calories, you should gain weight. And if you're eating less calories than you're burning, you should lose weight. So it should be simple, right? We've been telling this to the patients for many, many years. And what happened? 
the rate of obesity got worse. So, so it it obviously yeah. does, is not that simple, and it doesn't work. Um, and one of the reasons for that, there are many reasons for that, as you know, uh, but one of them is metabolic adaptation. So as we are eating less calories, our basal metabolic rate, the, the calories our body burns, um, gets lower to match our intake. That interferes with further weight loss. Yeah, you may lose weight for the first few months, but over time, your body's going to compensate for that, lower the metabolic rate, and that's going to stall the weight loss, and you probably will gain all the weight back if you're just going by calorie in, calorie out approach. Yeah, I think, and the other other side to this is also that uh, when you're running on a treadmill or you're, or you're jogging or whatever, the number of calories that you know your Fitbit tells you that you burned, or the number of calories that you see on a treadmill that you burned, that doesn't change. But you do realize that after exercising for a while, it actually becomes easier for you to do the same amount of exercise. So it's not right. it's not that you're burning those many calories. It's just that your body has adapted. It gives you right. a false sense of security that uh, you know you're burning those many calories and you kind of feel privileged that well i can go ahead and eat a pizza or i can go ahead and eat a, a cupcake today because i was able to burn it off but that may not necessarily be the case because your body adapts and you know it's uh, obesity is more of an endocrine uh, problem rather than uh, a physics equation that you just solve sitting on a computer or you know just solve on a machine right one of the problems with the calorie ma- model is that we paint everything with the same brush, whether that calorie is coming from ice cream or salmon, we just say you had 500 calories. It's not a mathematical equation. You don't just plug in the numbers and a certain number is going to come out. We have different hormonal responses, uh, different biological pathways that different foods are processed in. It matters where those calories are coming from. If they're coming from whole natural food, they're more satiating, uh, but if you're eating a diet full of ultra-processed food, you are going to eat more and gain more weight. I think yeah, I think you raise a very valid point because you know the the best and the simplest advice that anybody can give is just eat what your grandmother or your great grandmother would eat. Absolutely, and I, and I think that would be the safest food for you to eat. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to say about the calories model is that amount of calories our body absorbs from a certain food is not what is written on the label. That's another problem with that. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Yeah, and then different people, depending on their microbiome, they might absorb more or less energy from the same food. The way we cook food alters the available calories from that food. So if you are cooking them to add high heat, processing it, blending it, grinding it, it's going to change the calorie content. I agree with you there, uh, Raman. I think we have to take into account also the fiber component of the, the food and also the microbiome, which yeah. are these uh, kind of new frontiers that we are uh, looking at and that are heavily being researched at this point in time. And they definitely do affect the amount of calories that are absorbed from the food. Yes. So if you eat a 150-calorie cookie, it doesn't mean that your body is absorbing the whole 150 calories. And um, also comes in the variation between people. So say you may absorb 80 calories and I may absorb 120 calories. 
Or it's probably the opposite. I probably wrote 160 out of 150. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and another thing I've heard uh, from various nutrition leaders these days is, you know, and I agree with that, is that calories count, but don't count calories. Like it does matter how much calories we are taking in. But if you just focus on eating healthy food and focus on not eating it all the time, um, you know, eat with circadian rhythm, like you said, intermittent fasting. I think that's the answer rather than calories in and calories yeah. out. So what what alternatives do people have? You know, if they're, they, you know, that's, that's the easiest thing. You see the label, you see the number of calories, you calculate this is the amount of calories that I need to eat. And, and yeah. that's that's the end of it. That's the easy way. But what what's the alternative? What do you advise your patients on how to lose weight and how to maintain the weight loss? So what I advise is um, not to look at calories, but look at the quality of food. If you're getting a hundred calorie Oreo cookie pack, that is not equal to hundred calories of fried egg. So I'd rather have you eat a whole natural food. Eat it in sync with your circadian rhythm. So practice intermittent fasting at least 12 to 14 hours, more if possible. You know, calorie counting is tedious for most people. You know, there, there. I think it's, there's only a small percentage of people who are very uh, number oriented and they will count each calorie. But for most people, it's a novelty. You do it for a week, two weeks, and then you're tired of it. So it's it's better to eat good food, listen to your body's signals, whether you're hungry or full or just craving, and eat according to that. Uh, and I think uh, that's where the key is. You have to eat uh, foods that are not calorie-dense but nutrient-dense. Um, so calorie counting has its place, in all honesty. I think it's a good thing, to, good place to start because you can gauge what foods contain what amount of calories and after you've done it for a while you kind of know what foods you want to eat and what foods you don't want to eat yeah i think uh, i think it is helpful in short term for education like like you mentioned because if we if we can't measure we can't improve right so so i have my patients do a food diary as as well that is not necessarily a calorie count diary, but even just putting it on paper, what they're eating in whole day, whether it's like a candy here, you know, a handful of almonds there, it all adds up. You know, I use the apps like uh, Lose It and My Fitness Pal so people can see how much food they're eating on a daily basis. And sometimes it's just educational to know that a meal that you're ordering, you know, at a fast food restaurant has a thousand calories. Uh, so, so now you know that, so you can avoid it going forward. If you didn't know, you you won't. I think calorie counting has its place. You become more cognizant when you're doing calorie counting. So it's not all bad. It's not all uh, for nothing. I would say that in the end, we cannot completely ignore the importance of calories. It's an important benchmark that a lot of uh, weight loss programs use to kind of guide our nutritional changes. I think it is especially important in the beginning of someone's weight loss journey or journey to make healthy changes because it kind of gives us a measure of where we are um, and what we need to change. But over time, you know, we know what works for us, what works for our body. Then we could just focus on eating healthy foods and maintaining the weight loss without having to count calories every single time. But it's a it's a great tool. So in the end, I would say um, that calories matter in weight loss, 
but not only how many or how much, but also what the sources of those calories are and what are the timings that we are eating those calories. Well, okay. So there you have it, folks. This is all about calorie counting and calories in and calories out. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you so much, Raman, for joining us. Thank you. And uh, see you all next time. Thank you. It's been Take my care. pleasure. Thank you, Avishkar. Sure. Bye-bye. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests. They do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening in. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info.